whether you're just in for a visit today or, or maybe you're looking for a church home, we want to say welcome home to Victory Way, and we'd love for you to make your home here with us and, and uh, to be a part of our family. Um, so today we're going to celebrate uh, just what the Lord's done for us, and we're just going to worship God today. And then uh, afterwards, we're going to fellowship. Uh, no PM service tonight. We didn't have Sunday school. Um, you know, wanted to give plenty of time today, and so today we'll have a, a good, good worship service. We'll have some specials and things, and then we'll go to the back and we'll eat. So uh, a couple of other announcements. I've got, I've got what's in the bulletin, and then I've got a list of, of stuff. So y'all, y'all hold on tight. All right, here we go. Uh, but uh, this morning Sunday, uh, is homecoming service and meal. Uh, next Sunday, the 27th, for those that signed up for the Care Portal training, we're going to have uh, lunch and training right after uh, Sunday service. That's next week, the 27th. So if you can stay uh, maybe an hour and a half or so is what we're thinking, um, including eating and, and the training. And then as well, if anyone is interested in helping out with the character under construction training uh, and, and ministry that will be in the schools, uh, there is a sign-up sheet in the back. Uh, please sign up. Uh, as soon as you can, we have uh, scheduled dates uh, right now for training. And so if you want to be a part of that, we need you to sign up so that we know, okay? Um, then as well, we've got some uh, parking lot ministry in the back as well. If anyone wants to help out with that for Labor Day, we've got a few more spots uh, that we need uh, filled up to help out. We give out bottles of water, uh, gospel tracts, things like that. We just let people park here for free, and uh, we just try to keep them in between the lines, and that's it. So, um then we've got ladies' retreat deposits are still due for some. If you have not paid, please pay the deposits now. Balance is due on September the 6th. Uh, there will also be a meeting uh, for the ladies' retreat attendees um, next Sunday morning, briefly right after church. And so if you're a part of the care portal meeting, but you're also going to the ladies, go to the ladies while we fix the lunch, and then you come right on over and we'll, we'll have you ready to go. Uh, then the seniors' ministry sight and sound trip. A uh, deposit of 100 is due next Sunday, the 27th, and balance of 100 uh, due on October 22nd. So it gives you a little bit of space and time there. Uh, then seniors will be having a lunch. Uh, we'll be having lunch at the Fancy Gap Deli and then a trip to the Toy Museum on Thursday, August the 31st. Meet at church at 10 a.m., get some lunch, and go get you some new toys, all right? That's the 24th? Okay, that's the 24th. Never mind what I said. Listen to what he said. Uh, the 24th, y'all are going to get lunch and go uh, get toys. If you come here on the 31st, I'm not giving you lunch or toys, so I don't know what to, you're, you're out of luck there. But uh, then today as well, um, let's see here. Uh, uh, if we have our upcoming uh, Living in Spite of conference, we've got some more postcards out. We've sent out a lot of stuff to flyers. We've got more postcards coming in. It should be sitting out there for you. If you are wanting to help out with the, the cost of the conference, right now we're, uh, we're needing to buy uh, hotel rooms, uh, we're providing resources and books and things for people to be able to have to take with them. If you want to help out and donate to the conference just to, to help offset some of the costs, uh, you can put Fall Conference or Living in Spite of, and that's what it'll go to, and it'll cover everything from advertising um, to food, uh, the cost of the, the speakers coming to stay, and as well the, the books and resources and things that we will be providing for everyone that comes. But I encourage you to be a part of that conference. It will be a help and a blessing to you. Uh, and as well, uh, on the back sheet, uh, for those who are interested in joining the church and want to be a new member, we have a membership class uh, that we need you to attend. And so if you could, or if you're interested in it, please sign up in the back. And we should be starting middle or end of September or so. But if you're interested in joining the church and, you, and you'd like uh, some more information, sign up in the back and I'll get with you uh, uh, with all that. Then as well, uh, today, and this is my last one, I promise you. 
you've already forgotten all the announcements I already told you anyway. So it's, <laughs> I already forgot them. Uh, today at the meal, per, uh, per request here, uh, what we're going to do, and I'll announce it again at the end of the service, is everyone will go out that way and then go down the hall. And for the meal, uh, you can go on either side of the table, but please don't go on this side. Please stay to this side if you can. That would help out the flow of traffic and the flow of the food and everything. And then as well, if you are looking for a to-go plate, if you can, please wait until everyone has gone through the line first before doing so, so we make sure everybody can get a chicken leg, all right? Uh, so with all that being said this morning, I want to read for us uh, a couple verses out of a psalm, and uh, then we're going to pray, and we're going to stand to our feet and praise the Lord today. Uh, but the Bible says in Psalm 66, verses 1 through 4, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name. Make His praise glorious. Say unto God, How terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Now that Selah reminds us to reflect back on these things. And here's what we're to reflect back on. That we are to make a joyful noise unto our God, all ye lands. Well, you might not be a tree or a piece of ground, but you are a person. You live in the lands today, so we're going to praise the Lord. It don't matter who you are, where you are, make a joyful noise unto God today. Uh, we're going to sing forth the honor of His name. Uh, we will make His praise glorious. We will sing of the glory and the honor and the majesty of our God today. Uh, we will hear Him proclaimed through His Word. And we will proclaim uh, how terrible, how great, how mighty are His works, the greatness of His power. Shall His enemies submit themselves unto Him? One day, every enemy of the Lord is going to be utterly destroyed. And ultimately, if we look to the cross today, every enemy that you and I have, every enemy of God has been defeated because of what Jesus Christ has done. And then verse 4, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. Today we're going to sing about the name of Jesus. And today we're going to sing for the name of Jesus. Today everything is going to be about Him. He is our home. He is our homecoming. And one day we're looking forward to our great homecoming where we can be with the Lord and be with the saints in glory forevermore. But today it's just going to be a little taste of that plus with some fried chicken. Amen. Uh, I, I don't know if they got that in heaven or not. I'm holding out hope. But uh, <laughs> I've got my opinion. I think there's going to be at least Chick-fil-A and Krispy Kreme. All right. I don't have a Bible verse to prove it right, but you don't have one to prove it wrong. So, Amen. I'm going to stick to it. Uh, one quick uh, prayer request uh, that we need to pray for, and then we'll pray. Um, Jenny Bucklew's uh, daughter-in-law, Sarah, she'll be having surgery to put a new shunt in Monday morning at 7. So we ask for continued prayer. She's been in the hospital for several weeks, and has got a little bit longer of a stay to go and some more uh, procedures. So y'all pray for the family, and let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Gracious Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this morning. Grateful that we can gather on this homecoming day. Uh, God, to be reminded that the, the church, the local church, is to be a home, to be a family. And Lord, that you've called us together. Lord, you've united us together under the, the banner and the blood of Christ. We thank you for such, Lord. We thank you for answered prayer this morning, that we can gather freely, that we can hear your word, that we can sing your praises. God, we want to lift up Sarah to you, who will be having surgery to put a new shunt in tomorrow morning. We pray, God, for safety, for protection, for this to help deliver her and to give her the strength and the recovery that she needs. Pray that you would touch her and the family and just give encouragement as well. Pray that today, Lord, as we prepare our hearts now to stand and to sing your praises, God, that you'd be honored, you'd be glorified. Lord, with every song, with every special, Lord, with every, every shaking of the hand, every, every moment of fellowship today that we have, uh, Lord, every, every moment that we hear your word preached and proclaimed, God, may it point us to you, may it draw us together, may it draw us closer to you, Lord. May we give you the glory and the honor and the praise for all things. Work in our hearts today, Lord. Uh, through your word, in Jesus' name, amen.
Good morning, and blessed be the name of the Lord. If you're able, please stand. We're going to start our, we're going to start making a joyful noise in the tune of hymn number 503. Now, I didn't say you had to sing pretty. <laughs> Pastor read the scripture, said just make a joyful noise. Be happy singing and praising our Lord and Savior. Hymn number 503, since Jesus came into my heart. He's made a difference in our heart if he's come into our heart. Amen? If you know him as Lord and Savior. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. What a wonderful change in my life since Jesus came into my heart. change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. I have light in my soul for which long I had sought since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll since Jesus came into my heart I have ceased from my wandering and going astray since Jesus came into my heart and my sins which were many are all washed away since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart. I shall go there to dwell in that city I know since Jesus came into my heart. And I'm happy, so happy as onward I go since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart. Floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll. Since Jesus came into my heart. Amen. Amen. Next song, hymn number 753, Jesus is coming again. John, excuse me, John 14, 3 says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, now these are the words of Jesus, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Comforting words, as is this song, Jesus is coming again.
message we bring glorious carol we sing wonderful word of the king jesus is coming again coming again coming again. Boy, I like that. Please remain standing as we sing our third song, hymn number 174. I will bless thee, O Lord, 
And we're going to sing this song twice. It's a, it's a blessing to me. I hope it is to you to sing this song. It's straight from the scripture of Psalm 63, 4. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Now, if you want to be a blessing to the Lord, lift up your hands to him during this song when it tells you to, okay? I will bless thee, O Lord. Sing like you enjoy. Amen. <laughs> I will bless thee, O Lord. I will bless thee, O Lord. With the heart of
Okay, if we would, please make our way back to our seats. I've enjoyed seeing a lot of fellowship out there. That's, this greeting's been a blessing. Everybody's talking, making a lot of noise, and, and having a good time in the Lord. So as we make our way back to this, our seats, we have a concert now for you. <laughs> We've got uh, several singers. Our first singer is Larry Davis. So Larry, you come on seeing what the Lord's give you. And then we'll have others. Well, I have a little story to begin with and then a song to follow up the story. But I, I saw... On TV where a church in Atlanta was honoring one of its senior pastors who had been retired many years. He was 92 at the time. No. Are we good now, April? Okay. <laughs> well, I can do it without a guitar as long as I got both. <laughs> It's about to come down, ain't it? Uh, a little bit. That'll work. Yeah, that'll work. Just about right. Yeah. Sorry, we had a little technical difficulty. Check one, two. <laughs> I think it's working. As I was saying, I've got a story, and I follow up with a song, but it's a story about a, uh, a church in Atlanta honoring one of the senior pastors who had been retired many years. He was 92 at the time, and I wondered why the church even bothered to ask the old gentleman to preach at that age. Well, after a warm welcome, and as the applause quieted down, he rose from his high-backed chair and walked slowly with great effort and a sliding gait to the podium. And without a note or a written paper of any kind, he placed both hands on the pulpit to steady himself, and then quietly and slowly he began to speak. And this is what he said. When I was asked to come here today and talk to you, your pastor asked me to tell you what was the greatest lesson ever learned in my 50-odd years of preaching. I thought about it for a few days and boiled it down to just one thing that made the most difference in my life and sustained me through all my trials. The one thing that I could always rely on when tears, heartbreak, pain and fear and sorrow paralyzed me the only thing that would comfort me was this verse. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. The old pastor stated that I'd always noticed that it was the adults who chose the children's hymn, Jesus Loves Me, for the children, of course, during a hymn sing. And it was the adults who sang the loudest because I could see they knew it the best. I bet you all know that song, don't you? I think I learned that as a child. And uh, so here for you now is a senior version of Jesus Loves Me. 
Jesus loves me, this I know. Though my hair is white as snow, though my sight is growing dim, still he bids me trust in him. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Though my steps are also slow, with my hand and his I'll go. On through life, let come what may, he'll be there to lead the way. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. When the nights are dark and long, in my heart he puts a song, telling me in words so clear, have no fear, for I am near. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Now when my work on earth is done, and life's victories have been won, He will take me home above, and then I'll understand His love. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. I love Jesus, does he know? Have I ever told him so? Jesus loves to hear me say that I love him every day. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Now, I want you all to help me sing it. You ain't off the hook yet. <laughs> Come on up here, Rylan. Rylan said he'd help me. <laughs> and Teddy, Teddy, he's going to lead the, the group back there in the back. So we're going we're gonna to try to do this verse and chorus of Jesus Loves Me, okay? All right, ready? Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. One more time, like you really mean it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. <laughs> Amen. I appreciated that, didn't y'all? Amen. Thank you, Brother Larry Davis. Okay, our next song is Mr. Tony Hicks. Brother Tony Hicks. You've got one or two fans out there. We love hearing Tony sing, too. God bless you, Tony. I was playing at a funeral a couple weeks, and my strap come undone right in the middle of the song, so that was a little embarrassing. Yeah, at least my cell phone didn't ring. 
But no, um, I'm uh, glad to be here this morning. I've been out the last couple of weeks preaching, but ain't no place like home, though. I'll tell you what. So y'all sing with me. I know y'all know these songs. I'm going to sing one short one and then one that's a little bit longer. But y'all know these words. Y'all just hop right in there with me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me. Way beyond the blue. Well, I took Jesus as my Savior, you take him too. I took Jesus as my Savior, you take him too. I took Jesus as my Savior, you take him too, while he's calling you. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me, way beyond the blue. Well, I got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. I got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. I got a home in glory land that outshines the sun. Way beyond the blue. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh do Lord. Do remember me way beyond the blues. Oh, do Lord, oh, do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh, do Lord, do remember me. Do Lord, oh, do Lord, do remember me way beyond the blues. Way beyond the blues. Now I'm going to sing about that uh, very reason that we do have a home in glory land that outshines the sun. How many of you believe that this morning? Well, the only way that we do have that home is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his gospel. So y'all know the words of this song. Y'all just hop right in there with me. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, I could face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just 
because he lived how sweet to hold a newborn baby and feel the pride and love it gives but greater still the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days because he lives, because he lives, I can face tomorrow because he lives, all fear is gone because I know. He holds the future And life is worth the living Just because he lives And then one day I'll cross the river I'll fight life's fine No war with pain and then as death gives way to victory I'll see the lights of glory and I'll know he lives because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone Because I know He holds the future And life is worth the living Just because he lives If you believe that, sing it with me Because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives Thank you. I'll just let you do that. Okay, our next uh, special is Cammie uh, Bryant. And for some of you that may not know it, uh, this may embarrass her, but I don't mean it. This is Pastor's wife <laughs> right here. And uh, this is Emma Hicks, Josiah's wife. reckon if I have to be identified with Joe, she has to be identified with Josiah, so we'll just go with that. <laughs>
body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone messiah still
Thank everybody for their songs and singing to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Universal praise word. Amen. All over the world. Hallelujah to our Savior. We're going to the Lord in prayer now, and I sure would appreciate if y'all would pray with me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day and all the beautiful songs. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and daily benefits and everything you do for us for your care and protection and safety. All week, Lord, this day today too. Thank you, Lord, for this homecoming event we're having. Because of you, we have a homecoming, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for our pastor and Cammie and, Lord, our leadership here in this church, our deacons, every, everyone that plays a part in the, in the administration, Lord, of, of this church. And we just pray, Lord, that you would help them and bless them. We pray now, Lord, you'd bless our pastor and fill him with your spirit. Give him, uh, Lord, a special touch this morning from on high that you might help him to preach your message to your people this morning. And we'll thank you and praise you for all that's accomplished. We pray that some precious soul in our midst, Lord, that uh, needs you as Lord and Savior, we pray that today would be the day of salvation for that one and we would all be drawn closer to you today, Lord, from the preaching of your word and the fellowship of the saints we want to tell you lord we love you we don't tell you enough we love you we do love you thank you we need you every breath every heartbeat in our life let us not forget that and help us to call upon you lord for help in everything and we pray and ask and praise you in jesus christ holy righteous name amen now if you're able please stand and we'll sing one more song here and we'll turn everything over to Pastor Joe, which, by the way, is the most important part of the service, Pastor Joe's message. John 14, 6 tells us, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father 
but by me, but by me. These are the words of Jesus Christ. So our song reflects this verse in Christ alone. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storms. What heights of love, what depths of great day of worship and I'll tell you as a pastor as a preacher it's hard to sit there through all such good songs and to not just get just run up here and preach already uh it just gets you excited it gets you just uh 
pointed us to, to, to Christ, each song to, to sing about the simple truth that Jesus loves us and we know it because the Bible tells us such. All of these songs pointing us to Christ, to who He is, what He's done for us. Today, this homecoming, I want you to know that, that we've mentioned earlier, and we've heard it mentioned in songs, that there's going to be a great homecoming one day with the Lord. But I want you to know that it's going to be a great homecoming for only those who have been uh, washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way in which anyone will ever see the Lord as friend and, and will be able to see Him and enjoy His presence forevermore, not in dread, not in terror, but to know His presence is to repent of your sins, to trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Jesus, as we just sang about fullness of God and helpless baby put on flesh. He came to this world. He lived a sinless, perfect life. He lived a life that you and I could never dream of, that you and I could never live. He obeyed where we had fallen and failed in every way. He, had, uh, he was perfect in, in all things. He went obediently unto death, even the death of the cross. He was laid there in a borrowed tomb. He rose again the third day according to the scripture to offer forgiveness of sins and to life to all who would repent and believe today. That is the gospel. That is our hope. That is our only hope of our homecoming. That is why we're gathered here today. That's why we're going to gather again Wednesday. That's why we're going to live and exist the rest of the week. We exist for Christ, for the goodness of His gospel. Today, I want us to look as we continue on in this series about the beauty of Christ's church. We're going to be looking today in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We've looked thus far at the beauty of Christ's church being that she has a unique formation and is God who formed the church. And we're not just talking about Victory Way, but we're talking about the church, the saved people of God. As we talked about, and we will repeat again, uh, that we're not talking about a church being a place, but a people. Now we gather here together as a people. That's when the church is the church. When y'all aren't here and when I'm not here, this is just a building. A amen? Who's the church? The church is the called out people. We're, this becomes the church when we're gathered here together. That's what this is today. And so this is why we're here. Uh, we are here to gather together to know the Lord, to worship the Lord. And in this today, we have not only seen the past couple of weeks, the unique formation of the church, but we've seen its unique foundation last week, that it is a pillar in the ground of truth, that everything we do here is for the truth. And today, that's what we want to give to us, uh, to, to each one of us, to my own heart today, according to this word. We're going to look today verses 14 to 17, and we're going to see not only that the beauty of Christ's church is her unique formation and foundation, but that she is a unique family. There is nothing like the family of God. There are folks today who grew up uh, as orphans or fatherless, and, and they don't know what it means to have a heavenly father that loves them and cares for them unconditionally and, and loves them in such a way that he would even send his son to, to pay the price for their sins, to buy them from the slave market of sin, to redeem them, to reconcile them. Today we're going to look at what this means to be a part of a family that you and I are going to have, and we see that we have in Christ. We now have a father, we have a sonship, and we have as well a family of which we belong to. Today, this is not a country club here. This is not a, a lodge. This is none of those things. You don't pay to be here. This is not a spectator sport. This is for all to get involved because this is a family. Now, in a family, everyone has a job and a role to play. That means you have a belonging here. We should have a desire to be here. And to be in Christ means that you will have a desire to be a part of the family of God, because you've been born into that family. And we're going to see what all this entails today. i got about five hours of preaching today. I'm going to try to get it done in about 40 minutes, all right? So y'all hang on. If I talk too fast, just slip your hand up. I'll, I'll ignore it, but I'll just keep going anyways. You can go back and listen later, okay? 
<laughs> Y'all already know this, but Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, notice this, they are the sons of God. They are. That's the beauty. This is sealed. This is a position. If you are in Christ today, you are a son of God. You belong to Him. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, I believe it should be translated as Himself, by the way, beareth Himself, uh, beareth him, the Spirit Himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Let us pray. Lord God, we come to you this day. We thank you for the worship that has been lifted. God, I pray that now you would rid us of all distractions in our heart and our mind. Uh, God, that this room would be a place that your presence would be known, that the preaching of your word would go forth. Lord, hide behind the cross. Get me out of the way today, Lord, that you would open up my mouth, that you would speak to your people, that you would give us what is needed according to your word. God, I pray that even now your spirit would open up the eyes of the blind. Lord, that your spirit would open up the, the hearts of stone. Lord, that you would bring folks to Christ today. Bring each one of us to you, Lord. Show us, Jesus. Show us who you are and what you've done for us. And Lord, that we might rejoice in you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask you today. Show of hands here. All right, we'll do a, a quick poll. Who all loves their family? All right, everyone. All right, that's good. Okay. Now let me ask you. Raise your hand for this. Do you love them because they're perfect? Raise your hand if they're perfect and you love them because they're perfect. No? You want to know why you love your family? I can tell you why. Because they're your family. And ain't because they always make you happy. It's not always because they're perfect, because we're far from perfect, right? You find any family, we, far from perfect, right? Every family is unique. Every family's got their problems. Every family's got their baggage, their luggage, and their skeletons in their closet that they pretend don't exist. Every family is messed up. Why? Because we live in a messed up, sin-cursed world. And so here what we find today is that as much as we love our family, though she is not perfect, though our family is not perfect, how much more should we love the family of God? If we have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, if we have been adopted and placed into Christ, born again into a new family, how much more should we love the church of God? It's really quiet. I don't know if you understand that or not. How much more should we love the church? A people, not a place. A, a people, not an activity. Not, not a task, but a people that we belong to. I want you to know, you're not going to find a perfect church on this side of heaven, but what you'll find is you'll, you will find an imperfect group of people that are called out, that are saved by God, saved by grace through faith, that have been born again and placed into a family. And like a family, we might fuss, we might argue, we might get on each other's nerves, but we are family. And that love and that position of being a family should not waver or change whatsoever. What we find according to this Bible, according to this passage, that we who are in Christ, led of the Spirit of God, that we are the sons of God, and that we belong together because we belong to Him. We are the family of God. There is no more unique of a family than the family of God. There is no separating us from being a part of this family, and it should be our joy to be a part of it. It should not be a burden to come to church, but a blessing. It should not be a burden to see one another out in public, let alone at church, and to shake hands for a moment. It should be a blessing. Why? Because when you see each other in this place, you are seeing your 
family. When you see uh, someone in church at food line, don't do this. Y'all laugh because y'all have done it and I've done it. <laughs> I've done it to some of y'all. Amen. Y'all all right? Y'all done it to me too because I saw you. I got eyes everywhere. We shouldn't do that. Why? Because when I see you and you see me, it's like seeing a brother and a sister because it is seeing a brother and a sister in Christ. But even deeper, because this is not a, a natural, uh, uh, this sort of natural, but this is a birth, but this is a supernatural birth. This is a supernatural family. This is a heavenly family. This is thicker than your natural blood in your veins today. Because this is we are bound by the blood of Jesus Christ, not by our DNA, not by our blood together, not, not by some sort of genetic code, but we are bound by Christ. Dustin Benz writes, God calls and graciously saves individuals to make his home among them within his church. Trying to sever a follower of Christ from the church is like trying to delete the DNA shared by a parent and child. God places us within His larger family where we obtain a father in God, a brother in Christ, a helper in the Spirit, and brothers and sisters with fellow believers. The church is God's household and our home. This ought to be home. This ought to be the place where you can sit on the front porch, where you can laugh together, cry together, weep together, rejoice together, to be together as a family through the thick and through the thin. Your position in Christ makes you a part of the greater family of God. And to reject the church, to ignore the church, to, uh, just, uh, to, to just put the church off on the back burner, what we have done is that we are saying that our family don't matter. Now, we don't like it when we don't get along with our family. We don't like it when we hear about families not getting along or breaking up or not talking to one another. Why in the world would we ever have that in the church of God, the household of God, the dwelling place of God? It should not be. But rather, this is the place where we come together. We are a part of the family of God. Let me ask you, do you treat the church like your family? Do you treat the church like it's your home? Do you feel at home in this place? You ought to. Now, that don't mean when you come in here, kick off your shoes, throw in some pajamas. We're not necessarily looking for that. <laughs> Nevertheless, this ought to be a place of home. Why? Because the moment you walk in through that back door, you are surrounded by brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, grandmas and grandpas, grandchildren running around. It don't matter if they're yours or not. If you are in this church, they belong to you and you belong to them. We are a part of the family of God. We must see the unique family of what we are and who we are in Christ. And we must ask ourselves even this morning, are we as lovingly committed to the church, to the family of God, as we are to our own flesh and blood? He said, now preacher, family's family, church family's separate. I want you to know, that church family, those in Christ, you're going to see them in heaven forever. You are as much a part of them, bound by Christ, as you are to your natural family. Now what we're going to see in this today is a couple of things. First of all, we're going to look today in this passage that we have a Father. We're going to look at our Father. Every Christian today, we want to see the beauty of being a part of the family of God and that the family of God should have our heart and we must make this place our home and I believe that we must build our homes around the church of God. Not build our lives around everything else, but rather build our lives around the people and family of God. Why? Because we need one another. We have lost over the past few years that thought that we need one another. We have so individualized the Christian life 
and so individualized being in church that we have so individualized, well, I'm my own member. Or I, you know, me and my God, we, we've got our own thing going on. I want you to know you, if you are saved today, need other saved folk. You need your brothers and sisters in Christ. You need your aunts and uncles in Christ. You need your grandma and grandpa in Christ. You need your sons and your daughters in Christ. You need your grandchildren in Christ. You need your friends in Christ. You need the church. Now in this passage, we see several things that point to, I believe, that perhaps that the greatest part of this passage is the fact, not merely that we are led of the Spirit of God. And now what we've got to remember is in the progression of Romans thus far, we've seen this. Here's what we've seen. I'll break this down for you. I'll move quick. Romans 1. Everybody that is not a Jew is guilty before God. Chapter 2. Everybody that is a Jew is guilty before God. Chapter 3, in case you missed it, everybody, Jew or Gentile, is guilty before God. But God has made a way that Jesus Christ has died for our sins, that it is His righteousness now given to our account. We see the example then in chapter 4 of Abraham, who was saved by grace through faith. That's how salvation always was. That's how it always will be. Then we see in chapter 5, the results of our justification and what He has done for us. We see the basis of our salvation. We see then in chapter 6, our new identity in Christ. We'll get to that in a moment. Then in chapter 7, Paul goes, even though I'm in Christ, Boy, do I struggle with this sinful flesh. And then chapter 8, that we know and love so much. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit later on. There is no separation from the love of God. And so what we find is there's no condemnation, no separation for the believer. And what we find as well is that in this place, the household of God, He has given to us all that we need to be a family. He has knit us together as a family. He has given you all that you need to live the Christian life. And what do we find it to be? It is this battle of the flesh and the Spirit. Who are you yielding to right now? You're either yielding to the gift of the Holy Ghost of God inside of you, or you're yielding to your flesh unto destruction, uh, unto fruitlessness, uh, and even frustration that you'll find. You'll go, why, why do I feel the way that I do? Is it because I'm not going to church enough? Is it because of all these things? You will chalk up everything to tasks and to homework that you should be doing. I want you to know what we find is that we find rest in the work of of Christ. We don't find rest in our work. We find rest in His work. That's why His work has been applied. That's why we need the grace of God. That's why we need the mercy of God. That's why we need the love of God. And what we find is that's why we need the Spirit of God to lead us. Because what He does is He not only leads us and guides us and corrects us and teaches us, but we're going to see in this passage that He assures us of one key thing first and foremost, and that is we have a heavenly Father. Now to look at our Heavenly Father, He does the several things for us that we can recognize. Now that first of all, He redeems us. It is God Himself who has redeemed us. The act of redemption is one of a, of a purchasing off the slave market. It is a legal transaction. That means now that we have been bought by Him and we belong to Him. Now justification and adoption are going to be under that. That's what we're going to look at now. Most folks know this justification part of salvation. You must be justified before God. You must be uh, declared righteous is what this means. Now we've got to understand this great exchange that took place for us uh, by the personal work of the Lord Jesus Christ, what He's done. This great exchange is what we would call in the theological world double imputation, meaning this. All of my sin and even the sin curse of all of humanity in all time was placed there on Jesus Christ Himself upon that cross so that 
He gets all my bad, and I can be declared righteous and be given His righteousness so that now when God looks at me, He no longer sees who I used to be. He no longer sees what I could be in my sinfulness or in my flesh. He sees the precious work of His Son. He sees His righteousness applied to my account legally, and it's binding forever. Romans talks about this, what Jesus has done for us back in chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. For all of sin that comes short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. There is no redemption outside of Jesus Christ. There is no redemption in a baptistry. There is no redemption in a church membership. There is no redemption in your good works. There is no redemption in your moralism. There is no redemption in you trying real hard. What you need is repentance and faith. Turn from your sin. Trust Christ alone. You must trust in His death, His burial, His resurrection. You must place your faith, your hope, your trust all and completely in Him. That is salvation. Legally, what we find in that justification is that he has bought us from a former master. Who was our master? Not even us. It was our flesh. It was our old nature. It was our old man. It was the, the sin that was in us. It was the sin of the world. It was the devil himself who you're your father of. Here's what we've got to understand is that there is a, a rank heresy today called the universal fatherhood of God. I want you to know not everybody has God as father. We don't like that because it makes no sense to us because we go, well, everybody's God's child. I want you to know, everybody was created, formed, and fashioned in their mother's womb by the hand of God Himself. Absolutely. But the moment they come out, we have got a sin nature. Romans 5 tells us all about that. If you don't believe me, believe the Bible. See what he says, right? See what the Lord tells us about it. But from then, what do we find is that we belong and we have uh, our father, the devil, is what Jesus told those who were lost in his day, who questioned his ministry and his teaching, his preaching, which he was preaching the word of God. He was revealing the word of God because he is and was the word of God from everlasting to everlasting, eternity to eternity. But what we find, what we find is this. There is only redemption in Christ, that now we are saved, legally bound to Him, justified before God. Legally, He has cleansed us. Legally, He has cleared us from all guilt from our sin. It ought to be a hallelujah. If you are saved today, you are justified, you are saved, declared righteous, and it's not just as if you'd never sinned. No. It's just as if you had kept the law of God, which none of us could ever do. His righteousness applied to our account. But then there's the forgotten doctrine of adoption. The moment of your salvation, yes, you are justified legally in the eyes of God, but I want you to know, you are also adopted legally by God Almighty Himself. This should be one of the most beautiful things of all of Christianity, and yet what we find is that most folks have forgotten this key doctrine. Be adopted by God. I grew up, I was blessed. I, I've got my parents, they're still together. They love one another. I mean, they fight like an old married couple because they are one, but, but I love them. I'm grateful. But I want you to know, there is, as much as I love my mom and I love my dad, there is no one like our Heavenly Father that we now know and have access to through the Lord Jesus Christ. To be adopted here is the sense to be legally accepted as a natural-born son. It's not that God now goes, oh, that's my adopted boy. No, it's that's my boy. It's not that's my adopted son or that's my adopted daughter. He goes, that's my son, that's my daughter. There is no difference. Furthermore, this gives the believer a total identity and belonging. 
We now identify and belong to Him alone. I don't belong or identify to what I used to be and who I used to belong to. I belong to God. And notice this, our adoption, it was the Father's plan, it was the Son's purchase, and it's by the Spirit's power. We find that all of our life is by this. We find that all of the Christian life is a work of the triune God. That Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are ever at work on behalf of the believers and and the life and the heart and the inner man of believers. All ultimately to the glory of God and all for the good and the benefit of those that love God to those that are called according to His purpose. Later on we see in Romans 8.28, But we not only find this, that He redeems us, but we find that He renames us. We get a new name when we get adopted. We get a new name the moment that we are uh, born again into the family of God. Uh, Romans chapter 6 tells us this, verse 3 through 11, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized in Jesus Christ, were baptized unto His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death. And that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We've got a newness of life because we've been given new life. It is not just a a promise of eternal life, but it is a newness, a freshness of life today, right here and right now. It is a very present reality and a very future promise of what we will see totally revealed once we see the Lord. But as you work through the rest of that passage, what you will find is that our identity is no longer being a slave to sin, but being a child of God, being uh, dead, buried, and risen with and in Christ. Furthermore, what we find is that we now bear His name as sons and daughters and ambassadors of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us this. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that He died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto Him which died for them and rose again. That means to live for Christ means that we're going to live with the church, being our family, and being a part of it, not merely attending. Let me ask you this. Do you attend your family at church, uh, at, at your home? Do you attend being at family? No. You are it. You are engaged in it. You are a part of it. Now, you might attend a family reunion, but you are not attending when you're at home. We should not merely just be attending while we are here, but engaged in the fact that this is the family of God that has been brought together by the beautiful gospel, which you've just seen in verse 15 here. He goes on, he says, Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. They're gone. Behold, All things are become new. In all things, the moment you trust Christ, the moment you are justified and adopted by being born again, by putting your trust in Him, what we find is the moment of your salvation. You are new and all things become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us unto Himself by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the Son was rejected of the Father so that you and I could be accepted by the Father. He was uh, cast out and He was beaten and abused and ridiculed and He faced the punishment for your sins and for mine so that our Heavenly Father would adopt us, so that He would become our Heavenly Father, so that we might know Him as a Heavenly Father, so that we might have access to the throne room, not merely the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the throne room of grace, but to the very bedroom of our Father who loves us and cares for us to go immediately into His presence day by day. 
says, And he hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. That's who we are. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. Furthermore, we see that not only He renames us, but God also rebukes us. Good parents, good fathers, learn to rebuke their children biblically and rightly. Not out of anger, not out of reaction, right? But out of love. Our Heavenly Father chastens and cares for His children. Matter of fact, He chastens us because He cares for us. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us this. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 4. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of Him. For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom He receiveth. Y'all ever get whooped as a kid? I won't call nobody and rat on your parents or nothing. I got whooped too. I should have got whooped more. Your parents ever tell you, I'm doing this because I love you? I didn't believe that. Not for a minute. You don't, if you love me, quit hating me. Stop it. No. Looking back as you get older, you realize, no, that was love. They used to say things, and you might have heard this too, this hurts me. More than it hurts. Okay, so y'all said it, right? This hurts me more than it hurts you. I'm going, no, it does not. I want you to know, the Lord our God is not up there playing whack-a-mole with you. He is not up there waiting for you to mess up so He can go, ah, got Him again. He's not up there with a magnifying glass like we're ants on a hot summer day. He's not up there throwing rocks at us. He is our Heavenly Father who lovingly rebukes us. And I want you to know the chastening of the Lord is a good thing because it shows His love and it is an opportunity of mercy and repentance to draw us back so that we might have fellowship with our Heavenly Father. It was needed for us that we have this relationship with Him. It is needed for us that we have the chastening. And as a matter of fact, He goes on and He says, if you endure chastening, God deal with you as with sons. For what son is He whom the Father chasteth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then ye are bastards and not sons. I mean, you don't belong to him if there is no chastening. Furthermore, we have had our father's flesh which corrected us and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit. That we might be partakers of his holiness. You've got two options when God begins to convict you whether it's your church, whether it's your Bible reading, whether it's sin in your life, regardless of whatever it is, you've got two options when God begins to chase, chase in you. You can either run or you can run to Him. You can either run from Him or you can run to Him. Those are the only two options. And right now, everyone in this room, myself included, is either doing one of those two things. We're either running from the Lord or we're running to the Lord. Today, we gather here as a family so that we can be broken by God so He can build us up and we can find that we can run to Him. We can run to Him freely by His grace, by the blood of Jesus Christ, and that His rebuke is for our profit, for our benefit. We find as well that our Heavenly Father, He responds to us. God is not some far-off being who does not care. He is not uh, some, some God who is far off and, and unbothered by the things in your life. I want you to know, God cares for you. He knows your hurt. 
He knows your sorrow. He knows your pain. He knows every tear. He knows everything you've ever gone through. He knows everything that you'll ever go through. And this is the beauty of heaven because one day He will redeem us from off this world and there will be no more trials. Trials and suffering will end one day. When we leave this world and we see the face of our Heavenly Father, when we get to see our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has uh, bought us and made us a part of the family of God, and they will look out in this sort of infinite sea of those who are in Christ, and we will go, that's my family! And we will worship the Lord as a family forever and forever. We find that today, God, as our Heavenly Father responds to our prayers, to our sorrows, to our needs, He has hurt for us. Jesus Himself bore our sorrows. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Jesus knows your hurt and He cares for you. The place to find help is not outside. It is not running on your own. It is not trying on your own. It is not found in psychology and self-help books. It is found in the Bible. It is found in being a part of the family of God. Let the family of God help you, dear child of God. Be a part. Not only do we find our Father, we must see as well that our Father is the source and the strength and sustainer of the church, of this family. The family of God would have been broken down long ago if it was not for the Lord. Let me put it another way. Victory Way would have been broken down long ago if it was not for the Lord. You and I would have been broken down long ago if it was not for the Lord. The Lord sustains and holds us in His hand. Furthermore, in this passage, what we find is our sonship. Not only that we have a Heavenly Father, but we find that we are sons. Notice the phrase, they are the sons of God in verse 14. Then in verse 16, the Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Who are? They are. Who's they? Those who have trusted Christ. If you have not trusted Christ, you are not a child of God. You are a, you are a child of the devil. You must be born again. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a wise man, a smart man. He kept much of the law as best as he knew how. He was a teacher of it. And Jesus looked at him and eyeball to eyeball and said, you must be born again. There is no salvation without a new birth. There is no new name. There is no new father without a new birth. The new birth provides this. You must be born again today. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, not when you get older, not when you get to feeling like it. Today is the day of salvation. For our identity as sons, this is what we must keep in mind. That those of us who are in Christ, there is nothing and no one that can change your status as a child of Almighty God. You have been adopted by Him, therefore He becomes your identity. He becomes our everything. And sadly today in the church of America, in the church of God, that He has not been our everything. We have lifted up others in the place of God. We have lifted up ourselves in the place of God. We have gone trying to find the right and the perfect place. I want you to know, there is no perfect place, but there is a perfect God who we can call upon, who we can meet with, who has redeemed us and made us His children. This is the reality of our position. And it is the practice of the believer to be a son of God. To live like it. Children of God are supposed to live like children of God. Those who have been adopted, we've identified now. We belong to them. We want to obey, not out of obligation, but out of a love for our Father who redeemed us and adopted us. Notice as we Look on in this passage. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
What have you received? But you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We can be assured of our acceptance before Him based on the work of Christ being complete and the testimony of the work of the indwelling Holy Spirit because the very next verse says, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. God does not adopt us to not give us assurance. Those who have been adopted by God are assured by God. This is our assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. We sing so much of these things without even believing it, and what we're doing is we're singing lies. It's the truth. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. If you are in Christ today, He is yours and you are His. God is now my Father. I am now His child. Like a child, I not only belong to Him, but I depend upon Him for everything. I want you to know, your father might not have been around. You you might not have known your father. You might have had a father who was cruel. You might have had a father who was a a man of pride and, and, and wickedness. But I want you to know that our Heavenly Father, He's not like that at all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He says, I care for you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So you might have been forsaken by your earthly father, but you have a heavenly father who loves you more than than you can ever uh, imagine. You have a heavenly father who has adopted you and made you his own. And you have a heavenly father that says, come unto me. He's got everything that we need in the storehouse of heaven. He's got everything that we need because he is everything that we need. And what we find is that with our heavenly father, is that we'll never overwhelm Him. We will never uh, put too much on His plate. We will never overload His mind or His heart or His emotions. Rather, we can keep going and keep going to our Heavenly Father knowing that He cares and that He answers. We see that as sons, that our new identity, that we've gone from being slaves to sons, enemies to friends, outcasts to family. There's a song that has a line that says, Once your enemy, now seated at your table, Jesus Thank you. That should be the heart of the believer. There is no unadoption. There is no unadopting us as God's children. God will never erase the ink of the adoption papers. We belong to Him. My grandpa used to say all the time that he wasn't no Indian giver, right? God ain't no Indian giver. He's not giving you back He's not going, you know what? They done messed up one too many times. You know what? I'm going to take away their salvation. I'm going to take away heaven. I'm going to take away the indwelling Holy Spirit. No, none of it. We sang it earlier. Do we believe it? We ought to. Why? Because it comes from the Bible. We see the truth of God's Word that we are held fast in the hand of Almighty God. We have been born into this family through spiritual adoption. And when God sees you, dear child of God, He does not see an adopted child. He sees a natural-born, rather a supernatural-born child of His. Now, in the Greco-Roman world of adoption, the person that was doing the adopting chose the one that they were going to adopt. And the person adopted was chosen to bear the name. They were chosen to receive the privilege of the inheritance. They were entrusted to carry on the family lineage as a natural-born child. A lot of adoptions would take place as kids were uh, now uh, adults. And what would happen is that there would be those who did not have an heir or someone to take their inheritance. And what they would do is that they would find a younger soul that they loved, that they knew, that they cared for, and they would adopt them as their own. That then, they then would take on their name. They would then own and 
have all the inheritance given as if they were their firstborn natural child. That's what God views as adoption. He has made us His own. We belong to Him. What we find is not only have we been given this new identity, but we've been given an inheritance. Any of y'all know what you're going to inherit one day? A whole house full of junk. You know what I'm going to inherit besides bad jeans? Not not like blue jeans. Bad jeans. You know what I'm going to inherit? A bunch of stuff. That's it. But you know what else? For dear believer, our inheritance is not on this earth anyways. Our inheritance is not in houses and in cars. Our inheritance is not in in guns and, and cool stuff like that. It's not in antiques. Our inheritance is not seen with these human eyes. But our inheritance far outweighs the treasures of this world. Our inheritance, first of all, is a relationship of intimacy with our Heavenly Father through the Son and the Spirit. We are now told here in Galatians chapter number 3, verse 26, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. It's the idea of putting on not merely as a new clothes, but a new identity. What would happen in the Greco-Roman world is that an adopted son would get a new uh toga or robe if you will and that would signify who they belong to it would signify their name signify their new worth it goes and he says there's neither jew nor greek there's neither bond nor free there's neither male nor female for they are all one in christ jesus and if you be christ then you're abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise now i say that the heir as long as he is a child differeth nothing from a servant uh, though he be lord of all but is under tutors and governors until the uh, time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. He sent His Son so that we could become sons. He goes and He says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Furthermore, 1 John tells us, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. We will see our Heavenly Father. He has declared us His own. What a privilege it is being redeemed and reconciled by God Almighty through the blood of the Son and the leading and, and the indwelling of the Holy Ghost. We find as well in this passage not only that we inherit this relationship where we can cry, Abba, Father, where we can cry to our Heavenly Father all day long and He'll never tire. But then, find as well in verse 17, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. He is our inheritance. Joint heirs with Christ. What all does this mean to be a joint heir with Jesus? To be honest with you, we can't wrap our brains around it. Here, what we are told in this very verse, though he says, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. I want you to know part of your inheritance is suffering. Part of my inheritance is to suffer for the name of Christ. Why? Why? Because then we'll be glorified with Him. 
we share His suffering in this life, but glory in the next. The very next few verses read, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the cre- uh, creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who had subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. We're going to be delivered. He says, For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. When we sing songs like Jesus is coming again, it should make our hearts flutter with the fact that we will see Him. One day we'll get that full inheritance. But that's not the half of it. Right now, dear believer, you've been given the indwelling Holy Spirit. You've been given the presence of God Almighty. He's given you Himself today and forever and never to be removed, no matter if you feel like it. Can I be honest with you this morning? This morning I woke up thought about a spiritual as a rock. You ever felt that way? A couple of you, the rest of you don't want to admit it. That's fine. But you know what? My relationship with the Lord is not about how I feel. It is about the truth of who I am and what I have in Christ Jesus. We have not only been given the indwelling Holy Spirit now, but we've been given assurance now. It's not just assurance for later, it's assurance now. I am assured. If I, if I killed over right now, y'all scoot me over. Someone else finish the message, preferably someone who's preached before and can, and, and can read some notes. Right, Get me out of the way. I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm not worried a bit about it. I'm assured of that right now as much as I would be if we were at, if I was 100 years old and on my deathbed. Assured by God. Why? Because He's given us such assurance. Furthermore, we find not only have we been given the indwelling Holy Spirit and assurance, we've been given power over sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been given the gift of a family to belong to. That means you might have nobody in your life, but if you've been saved, you've got church family. And there's no deeper family. There's no deeper family than church family. I can be honest with you, and I've got, I've got some family that will listen to this, and I love them to death, and I know they love me to death because we're family, and there's no change in that. But the best family that has been there my whole life, the family that's been consistent in my life forever, my, all my life has been my church family. I've got grandmas and grandpas. I've got aunts and uncles. I've got brothers and sisters. I've got moms and dads in the faith. Family. Do we view and love the church as such? Furthermore, we've been given a future glorified body that's promised to us. We've been given the promise of the removal of the curse one day and entrusted with the kingdom of Almighty God. We have inherited a father. We have inherited a friend that seeketh closer than a brother. And we have inherited a family that we can come and be a part of. We can be broken with. We can be built up with. We can belong together to the Lord. Not only have we seen in this passage our our father, and our sonship, but now we see our family. Everyone has a different opinion of what it means to be family. Many folks put an awful lot on natural born, step, half, all these things. I want you to know family's family, isn't it? I want you to know when it comes to the church of God, family is family. And right now, if you're wandering, if you're wayward, find your home. That's what homecoming is for. It's to find your family again. 
It's to find your home in the family of God. And it's for us who are part of this family to be reminded of the beauty of the church. That it's a family that I love and that loves me back. It's a family that I am bought into and brought into by the blood of Christ that I am knit together with folks from all walks of life. And I am just as much a part of the family of God as someone over in China, as someone who's a believer in Africa. That's the beauty of that. And one day that family from every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation is going to gather around the throne of God. And what a day. What a glad reunion day that'll be. But the church is always meant to be together. Notice the phrase, even glorified together. The church literally is the idea and understanding of being together. We find though that we've got some ways that we're supposed to be together. How we're supposed to act with family. As we all raised our hands earlier, and none of us, well rather, raised our hands saying that our family was perfect. Neither is any church. But we're not looking for that. Christ is the only perfect thing that we've got. And He's enough. So come with all your flaws. Come with all your preferences. Come with all the things that bug you. Come with all your quirks, because we all got them. And we'll just gather around the feet of Jesus as a family. The front porch of God. First John tells us in this, though, about how this family is to look like. Chapter 2, verse number 7 says, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye heard had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. One thing that makes family family is that family forgives. Someone who has hatred against the brother in Christ is walking and living and abiding in darkness. It says, He that saith he is light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in the darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. The longer you stay in darkness, the more you'll grow accustomed to being blind. But that's not the way of the Christian. Furthermore, 1 John chapter 3 tells us this. In this the children of God are manifest, verse number 10, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. They are a child of the devil. Neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. But will not my brethren, if the world hate you? We know that we have passed from death into life, because we love the brethren means you love your brothers. You love the family of God. You don't love attending church. Sometimes, Christian, I know that you don't love going to church. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you don't want to. Sometimes you're tired. Sometimes you're sick. Sometimes you're, it's enough to drag yourself out of bed. But why do we go? Because I love the brethren. I love sitting up here week after week and being able to pause before I come up here to preach and to listen to you sing about the goodness of God and what He's done. That is our brother. My brothers, it's a family singing right here. That's what this is. He goes on and he says, He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. 
Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Have you laid down your life for the church? Have you laid down your life for the family of God? Is your life built around the family of God, the household of God? But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, now dwelleth, how dwelleth the love of God in him? It doesn't. Our family tree, dear believers, is strong and full of faithful branches. We are unique and we should be united together as the family of God. We are to live in humility, faithfulness, togetherness, love, compassion, forgiveness, a love and a desire to be a part of one another's lives. Why? Because you see that you are adding to the body, you are adding to the bride, you are adding to the family, that you've got a part to play, that you are just as much a part of the family as the next one. There are no second-rate citizens in the kingdom of God. There are no second-rate, there is no, and forgive the phrase, but there's no red-headed stepchildren in the family of God. We are His. We are His. Let me ask you this today as we bring this to a close. Do you understand that this is our home? Do you understand that this is our family? I implore you to engage with your family here at this church. Protect your family. As well as you'd protect your family and, and your home, protect this family. Commit to her. Love her. Rejoice in her. Fellowship in her. Grow in her. Build your life in and around the family of God. First of all, today, let me ask you are you a part of God's family? Have you been born again? Not do you know the right answers? Not do you uh, have good works? Not have you been baptized? Not are you a church member? None of those things. Have you been born again? Not that you have a healthy dose of religion. Not that you are trying your best. But have you been born again today? Would you be born again to the family of God? Repent and believe upon Christ alone. Have you been born again, adopted by God? Do you have such assurance? Let me ask you, dear believer, do you rest in the assurance of being accepted in the family of God? Do you rest knowing that you've got a family no matter what? Do you rest knowing that you've got a father no matter what? How do you view God as your Father? Do you view Him as mean or cruel or judgmental? I want you to know He is the judge. I want you to know if you are in Christ, He is your Father who loves you and cares for you in such a way. Unimaginable, even. We must view God, our Heavenly Father, according to the Bible. Not according to how we feel. Not according to how our earthly fathers were or weren't. How do you view the church as a family? Let me ask you, do you view the church as a family or do you view it as something you attend? Do not view the church as something that you attend, but view it as the family that you are a part of because that's exactly what she is. Do you love the brotherhood? Are you giving yourself to the family here? Is there forgiveness and grace in your life for the family when they wrong you? We need to see today the beauty of Christ's church as a unique and united family. Today on homecoming now more than ever. That we would find ourselves, whether you've been here since the doors opened and they laid the foundation of this location or not, 
Do you find your family, do you find your home here at this place? Do you see the beauty of what it means to be a part of Victory Way Baptist Church? I want to close with this song and no, I'm not going to sing it. Sorry. Come back later this afternoon I'll sing it then. <laughs> Just kidding. Y'all have probably heard it before. The Family of God by the Gaithers. A few of you know it, of course. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this sod, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. The verses say, you will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family, and these are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory and this family so dear. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags and the riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God, I belong. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Been washed in the fountain, cleansed by His blood, joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this song. For I'm part of the family. The family of God. Would you stand with me this morning? This altar will be open and this piano is going to play. And as this piano plays, if you have the need today, first of all, if you need to come to Christ, would you come today? Would you repent and believe the Gospel? Find true salvation. Be born again into God's family. Come find your way to the family of God today. Today, if you're struggling, if you need help, if you need encouragement, if you just need a shoulder to cry, would you come? Gather around family. This is family around here. If this is family you're surrounded by, it's okay to be broken with your family. Your family's here to help build you back up. Come be a part. Are you engaged with your family? Are you loving your family? Are you forgiving your family? Would you come today? This altar's open.